WIND was founded in uh, 2010 as a dream of trying to bring together people from academia and the pharmaceutical industry and technology and non-for-profits, all of whom uh, had an interest in speeding up the, the movement of science into the clinic in the area of uh, personalized precision medicine. And uh, it, was, it was, I think, a very good idea. It was hard to get started. I think we are uh, pretty close to being firmly established. Uh, we now have 39 members, including uh, representatives of all of those stakeholders that I mentioned. And uh, these symposia are terrific. It's very unusual, I think, to have speakers from industry and speakers from academia alternating uh, randomly on the platform and all speaking about research uh, in its fundamentals and exchanging ideas and asking questions of each other. And I find that uh, very stimulating and uh, something that I think will move the field forward. And we have launched our first clinical trial. It's very innovative and we have more planned. So um, I think uh, the scorecard is out, but I'm, I'm an optimist. The Winthrop trials have been going on for about a year. Uh, it was a little slow to get rolling because uh, of the complex logistics of the uh, work that has to be done on the human tissue in order to select therapies. But I think it's rolling pretty smoothly now. We have one more hurdle. Uh, two of the participating institutions in the United States need to wait for FDA approval. Uh, that wasn't required in Europe or in uh, Canada. Well, I think over 100 patients have been screened and uh, some dozens of patients have actually participated so far. Uh, the target is 200, uh, so we need to grow a little faster and that's in the plans. Today, uh, so far in the morning session, uh, we had a terrific discussion of immune factors that affect uh, the response to cancer therapy. Not only uh, immunology directly killing the tumor, but immunology interacting with chemotherapy and with uh, standard targeted therapies. And uh, enough has been learned now about how to assess the immune response in an individual patient so that I think in the next year we're gonna see uh, huge amounts of information coming out on each patient, not only detailed description of the genomic aberrations in their tumor, but detailed descriptions of the immune system in that patient and its capacity to respond to the tumor and what might be uh, blocking that response. We've learned that targeted agents can produce strong responses, but uh, cure is the goal and uh, cure has been obtained with surgery and radiation and with chemotherapy of the standard variety. Uh, in the case of chemo, it usually takes combinations, uh, and we feel it is very likely it'll take combinations of these targeted agents to actually achieve cures. Uh, the challenge is there's a couple of hundred potential targets. Uh, there's nearly a thousand potential agents, and uh, which to combine with which is, uh, should be worked out rationally 
and intellectually rather than just randomly putting things together because we'll never achieve anything. So the work now in, involved uh, in, in developing combinations is trying to, do, to uh, create algorithms and uh, analytic tools that help us pick the very best of, the, uh, of two or three drugs to combine together. And then we always have to worry about combined toxicities. So uh, it's still hard work moving from the concept, let's combine therapies, uh, to moving to uh, an actual clinical trial. Well, this afternoon I've been invited to uh, provide sort of an overview, an update of our experience at MD Anderson. And beginning in uh, March of uh, 2012, uh, we set out to sequence uh, 3,000 tumors in patients where standard therapy has failed and where they are candidates now for experimental therapies to try to pick the appropriate therapy that matches uh, the genomic abnormality in their tumor. And we have achieved that goal. We've sequenced uh, over 3,000 patients now, which uh, just the infrastructure to put that together was a, a tremendous amount of work and to the credit of the institution. We're, find, we're learning a lot from this. We're finding about 35% of the patients have potentially actionable aberrations in genes in their tumors, but we're also finding it's very hard to match them to a drug against one of these uh, genetic aberrations, uh, either because uh, the drug's just not available at all, there are no drugs, or the drug is involved in certain clinical trials and is not available for that gene abnormality in other patients, or in some cases the drug has been approved, uh, but in only certain types of cancer where it's been shown with uh, clinical trials that giving that targeted agent produces responses in that particular kind of cancer. And this is very frustrating because patients know they, uh, they get on the internet and come in pretty up to date on what's going on. And when they find out they have a particular genetic aberration in their tumor because we share the data with our patients, they say, well, let's get a hold of this drug or that drug uh, that's been approved. And uh, the sad thing is it's only been, been approved for breast cancer and they have colon cancer. And these drugs are very expensive. So uh, we have to work out mechanisms to uh, investigate patients like that and pool the data and find out whether the drug works, studying 20 or 30 patients, so that uh, in the future uh, they'll have access to these drugs paid for by insurance uh, the way it should be. Oh, it's, it's going to take another five years probably of hard work, maybe a decade. I think in uh, 2015 we're going to see uh, there's been more and more trials that involve innovative combinations, not only uh, innovation in, uh, and uh, I think this is very exciting, we're putting together the best minds in uh, the pharmaceutical industry and in some of the top ac academic medical centers that are members of WIN so that we can uh, try to make this happen. And then we need to identify more biomarkers and there are gonna be more trials uh, that uh, take tissues uh, and especially take blood samples and try to determine biomarkers in the blood that can uh, detect the presence of cancer, detect its disappearance, and detect its recurrence, and hopefully uh, detect whether uh, that patient might respond to certain drugs. Uh, and that is, I think, 
that's not unique to when everybody realizes that uh, sampling the tumor uh, can't be done at the level in which we need data uh, and we must learn how to sample the blood and get that kind of information from pieces of DNA or pieces of the tumor that have spilled over into the blood.